Welcome to Living Hope Podcasts. If you want to learn more about Living Hope and our ministries, you can find us online at livinghopecrc.ca. We hope you appreciate today's message. I invite you to turn with me to John chapter 3, to what perhaps is a very familiar verse that you may be aware of or have seen either on poster boards along the highways or maybe even written on the side of a barn. Uh, It is certainly a more common verse that is publicized, John 3.16, and we will read also the uh, verses after that and touch on the context as well. I was going to look up, and I didn't, so help me, uh, what page is that on in the New Testament part of your Bibles? 1650? 16.50. The context, by the way, is in reference to a Jewish leader, uh, a Pharisee, uh, called Nicodemus, and he comes to Jesus at night, he's kind of doesn't want to be seen and known by other leaders and other people that he's having this private meeting with Jesus, but he needs to ask Jesus some questions. And so they have this dialogue back and forth in terms of what does it mean that, you know, you are clearly a man of God, you're doing incredible miracles, and Jesus right away bypasses that and says, you know, how's your heart, Nicodemus? Uh, You must be born again. You must have not just a knowledge experience of who God is, but you must have a spiritual experience a presence of the Holy Spirit. You must be born from above, born anew. And they go through a dialogue trying to understand that. And at the end of this dialogue, Jesus says in the verse just prior to uh, our focus, in verse 15, John 3, verse 15. And all of a sudden, my eyes can't find it. There they are. So John 3, 15, Jesus um, refers to, you know, Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. And now he goes on to these verses. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his or her deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be plainly seen that what he or she has done has been done through God. May God bless the reading of his word. Thanks be to God. When you look at this very familiar uh, verse, and it may be familiar to you, it may be relatively new. I shouldn't assume that one way or the other. But when you look at this verse, this is probably one of those times in the Bible where this is the core of the gospel. This is from the heart of God to our hearts. 
No matter where you live, who you are, what time, what age, what circumstances, this is the heart of the gospel. And while the whole word of God is in the Bible, and there's certain verses that really stand out in different ways, as we prepare to celebrate the coming of Jesus at Christmas, this is a verse that just capsulates what that event is about. And so we're going to really just walk through this verse and to try to better understand it for today. It may not be necessarily a, a new revelation to you, but if nothing else, let it be a reminder of the foundation of why we believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that believing in him, we may have life today. Well, when it comes to uh, the beginning of this, it, it starts with God, for God, for God so loved, for God so loved the world. It all begins with the heart of God. Christmas doesn't begin with us, it begins with God. The good news of Jesus Christ doesn't begin with somebody thinking it up in some religious corner, but it begins as the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, as God consults, as it were, with each other and comes up with this incredible plan, and it comes out of his heart of love. Now, we might think that uh, when God so loved the world, uh, saying, boy, God must have a big love, and certainly that's true. Even what Gail was reading from Ephesians 3, how wide and deep and broad is the love of God. But it's not just the expanse of his love to include the world, but it's also the sense of a, how would I say it, the fact that he loves it at all. <laughs> that we are not a very lovable world. Uh, there is so much brokenness, there is so much need, there's so much fear, there's so much hurt, either caused or received. And that world is more and more alienated from God, and it is a miracle. It is beyond our understanding that God would so love the world. <laughs> and when we think of the world, understand that the Bible often speaks of the world in different ways. The creation, the universe, all that God has created, that is the world, and he loves the world. And as sin has entered into the world, creation groans for the coming again of Christ where finally the world is set completely right. And we see that brokenness of the world and creation around us in different ways. The world also has to do a lot with a world that rebels against God, a world that actively rejects God, a world that is ruled by sin and even Satan himself in different ways and different places. But the world in John, the book of John especially, the world refers to, yes, this is a broken world, but this is the stage, the arena, where God has decided to place his salvation, to act out his love. And just pause and think about how incredible that is, the wondrous love of God, that he would enter into this broken 
world, our broken world. And for that, again, you can picture all kinds of places in the world where there is brokenness and needs. Some we hear about through the news, some you may know about through friends. But you don't have to go far away. We know that. In our own lives, there's brokenness. Sometimes, too, it reaches the news, but other times it's very private. Pastor Steve has talked about the mental stress and mental illness and the things that go on that we find very difficult to share. But God's salvation was meant to work in that arena, too, as personal as you want to make it. For God so loved your world, for God so loved you. So think of it in the broadest way possible, but also in the most personal way possible. For God so loved. It's a generous love. It's it's a love that uh, is unconditional. It's a love that's colorblind. It doesn't matter what race or background you're from. It's also for all people, young and old alike. God's love. In my life and in my walk with God, I am regularly surprised that God loves me. I don't know about you. That's where I usually get stopped in my heart. But know this today, that God does love us. God does love you. He loves Abbotsford. He loves Arnold. He loves Yarrow and Chilliwack. He loves Merritt. He loves every place. And he calls every one of us to hear this good news. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Now how do you put a value on on a gift? In a casual way, you say, well, how much does it cost? How much did you spend? How many dollars? It may depend on who gave it. Because some may just give you something and say, well, I thank you very much, but it's when somebody special to you gives you something. You say, that is a value. Maybe the motive of the giver is also a value. Well, it was on my list. I had to give you something, so here it is. Just take it. Versus somebody who says, I know you well. I know what you need. You hardly dared ask for it, but I went out and got it for you. Here it is. Now, that's a whole different kind of motive behind the gift and the giver. And there may be a certain kind of gift where you say, that is so nostalgic, that is so special to me. Thank you. How how do you put a value on a gift? It's hard, isn't it? So also, as God loved the world, he gave his one and only son. It reminds us of, uh, back in Isaiah, one of the passages there in chapter 9, verse Six states, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The idea of the generosity of God through the giving of his son 
His one and only son, his precious son. It's, it's really kind of referring back to a time in the Old Testament where Abraham was called to give his only son, the son of promise, the son of deliverance. And that's a separate story, but there's echoes of that same theme. So committed in his love for us, so aware of our brokenness and need, the only way that God could address that is for his son to become one of us. So Jesus on Christmas night didn't do a flyover like the stories of uh, Santa Claus. He didn't just do a temporary stay at the inn in Bethlehem and took off. But rather the whole story is how God gave of himself. He entered in as flesh and blood, as real as you and I. If you cut him, he bleeds. If you give him too much milk, he burps. I mean, he is us. He's real. And he was given to us. It's a powerful statement, not only in the birth of Christ, but also going forward, and we'll get to that in a moment, the idea of giving his life on the cross for us. The word to give here means both his coming and the reason why he came. That gift is for you and for me. That whoever believes should not perish. Whoever. Who is whoever? <laughs> Who's covered? Everyone. Whoever is everyone. It's not like whoever is good, who, you know... Got to watch, got to be good today, and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, Santa Claus is watching, or mom and dad are watching. It's, it's not a matter of who makes the grade, makes the mark, earns their way, has a good day every day. It is whoever believes. It's, it's a simple statement of invitation. Whoever believes will not perish, but have eternal life. The whole idea is simply that God wants to give us something that we cannot get ourselves. We're still responsible to lead a certain life that he calls us to lead. But there is a certain way in which we must come to the point where only by the gift and generosity and love of God is this now offered to me. And so with every gift, the question is, how will you respond to the gift? So we know the giver and his love for us. And we know his desire is that he would lift us up to experience a new life in Christ. Forgiveness and hope and love. How will you respond to the gift? And that's as personal as it will get. It's probably okay for me to jump ahead here just a little bit in the passage that I read. Because Jesus loves us so much that he also includes a warning. And that's in verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Verse 18. Whoever, again, believes in him is not condemned, but 
whoever, same word again, does not believe stands condemned already because he or she has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. The truth is very uncomfortable, but here it is. Apart from the gift of God through Jesus Christ, all of us are perishing. It's a reference to a brokenness that is irreparable. An alienation from God that cannot be repaired at all. A sense in which there is no good news. It's just more bad news. Perishing is, is not a pleasant subject, but Jesus is saying this up front because he loves us. The last thing he would want us to do is miss the opportunity and just say, I'll do that tomorrow. I'll do that next year. I'll do that you know, when I get married. I'll get, do that when I get a better job. When, I'll do that in a new house. I'll do that someday. Folks, who are you to even know that there's going to be a someday later? Are we really that naive or arrogant? The offer and the invitation is now, and it's urgent, and if we miss this, it's not going to be a good thing. The idea of perishing in John and the Gospels, it, it's a very tragic, it's a very serious, it's a very sad thing. It breaks the heart of God for people to perish. It breaks his heart as they reject the gift. But it's a choice he will not force on any one of us. It's a choice that each one must make. Through the work of the Holy Spirit, will you receive this gift or not? If we receive this gift, if we believe, if we embrace the generosity of God then there is eternal life. And there's a lot to be said in this gospel about life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, but it's life. Again, I am the resurrection and the life. Though a person die, yet shall he or she live. Do you believe this? Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full have it abundantly. At the very end of John, as if he's said this so many other times, he wants to say it one more time. In John 20, verse 30 and 31, Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Deep, lasting life. I realize that our lives are very fragile and can be quickly disturbed by events. Goodness me, these weeks have shown that. Our lives feel upside down, disoriented, numb, discouraged, hopeless, helpless, and so many other adjectives we could fill in. But there is a core truth to this gospel that no matter what circumstances may be happening in our lives, 
the life, the eternal life, the solid depth of the life of Christ is given to us as a foundation that can never be moved, can never be shaken, because it is from the heart of God through his Son to you and I. And to trust means to lean into, to learn to lean and make the continuous choice day by day to lean into the love of God, knowing that there's nothing you can do to make God love you less or more than he does today through Jesus Christ. His love isn't going anywhere. The life that he offers is for now, and it continues to grow and develop Till finally we see Christ face to face. And that life blossoms into a new fullness. That will be absolutely amazing. For God so loved the world. That he gave his one and only son. He was all in. He held nothing back. And when Christ gave his life. It was all in. He held nothing back. For our sins to be forgiven. That we may not perish but have eternal life. Maybe because this warning is real, let me just maybe put it in different terms, and this is kind of summarizing my limited understanding of what heaven is and what hell is. So you may disagree with me, but at least there may be a conversation we can have later, or I challenge you to seek God's word and try to understand it in terms that are more meaningful to you. As we talk about the love of God, the generous love of God that he invites us to embrace because of Jesus Christ and what he has come to do for us. To have that incredible new relationship with God is life transforming. Many of you know this. You experience it. Some of you have forgotten the wonder of that transformational love. And it's time to recall it. It's time to ask for the Spirit again to grant you that renewal of your spirit. When you go to heaven, if the choice is for you to receive and learn to trust in that love and to trust in this promise, then we experience God's love multiplying time after time. We are surrounded by love in heaven in a way that is beyond what we can imagine. It'll, it'll be incredible. There truly is no need for tears in a, in a hurtful way. There's no death. There's no brokenness. There's no floods. There's no wildfires. There's no COVID. There's no, you could just mention tons and tons of other things. Relationships are sound, reliable. Nobody needs to lock their doors anymore because nobody will ever steal or take anything. There is absolute trust between people. Governments, if there are governments, will have a breeze. We'll want to sign up to be on the government because everybody will be listening rather than critiquing. And it'll be good. But in hell, I think one of the huge differences between heaven as an eternal destination and hell as an eternal destination and I believe they are destinations and that God's word teaches that. You may disagree. But that hell is a place where there is no love of God. 
I want you to think about that for a minute. We may suffer many things in this life. We may have many challenges and hardships, and there may be tears and death and sickness. But there are expressions of God's love all around us all the time. Through the laughter of a baby, through the kiss of people who are dating and discovering what love is, through a couple or an individual who has such excitement about what they're doing and using the gifts that they have and they find out that they can encourage each other and build each other up. What do you think those are? Those are all expressions of God's love in this world. They are all gifts of God's love to us. For the sun to come and the rain to come, for uh, the seasons to come, for there to be relative stability in societies, that there can be gatherings of worship, that there can be songs of praise, that there can be reading of God's word, that there can be change of life and forgiveness and new beginnings and new hope. All of those that we see all around us all the time are all expressions of God's love. Now imagine a place where all of those are stripped away and there is no expression of God's love anywhere. Not today, not tomorrow, not next year, not forever. That, I believe, is hell. And so with the wonder of the good news of Jesus Christ, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only son, that whoever believes shall not perish, because he knows without the coming of Jesus Christ, we would perish. We would be separated from him. We would be separated from his love forever. But if we believe, if we trust, we lean on, we embrace the love of God through Christ, we will not perish but we will learn to walk in his love. We will live, we will have eternal life where we discover in amazing new ways, ways that we can hardly imagine even in this world, expressions of his love. How great the Father has lavished his love upon us that we should be called children of God. And that's what he invites us to be. So let's celebrate Christmas. In every way, let's celebrate Christmas. It is a gift freely offered. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God through Christ Jesus our Lord is life. Choose life today. Let his love surround you and flow over you Again, today. Take the deep breath that you need. Ask for the forgiveness that you need. And know that the gift is ready. It's already been given. God loves you. He truly does. And it can make all the difference. Let's pray. Lord our God,
we marvel at your love. Because if we're honest with ourselves, we're not very likable, and frankly, we're not very lovable either. We do not act in ways that are admirable, but rather shameful. We thank you for the good that there still is among us and in our society, and it is by your grace that we can say this. But we know it is not enough. We are not enough. In spite of all the good things people are doing to help one another, we are not enough. Only you are enough for us. Only your love is enough for us. And as we walk in that love, we will love one another. We will help and encourage one another. We will do whatever we need to do for our sisters and our brothers in their time of need. Because you are enough. Lord, if we've been delaying on um, seeing that edge of the gospel as good news, bad news, if, if we're right there in that middle, and we haven't thought about it quite this way, let this be a season in which your Spirit speaks to us, invites us, yes, warns us, but especially moves us towards you. Lord, we do not want to be stuck in the dark, alone and separated from you. We want to know you. We want to give you pleasure. We want to walk in the light of Jesus that we may experience his life today. Hear our prayer for ourselves, for our families, for this congregation and our communities in which we live, for our country, for the countries where we came from, countries on the other side of the world, for our world. Thank you for your love. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope that you are encouraged and challenged in the message and through the work of the Spirit. Once again, if you want to learn more about Living Hope, you can find us online at livinghopecrc.ca.